Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, guys, this is the new podcast, the first one of 2021. In this podcast, I'll be honest, we didn't have much planned. No. But we've managed to pad it out to an action-packed 50-minute episode. A lot of padding out there. A lot of pauses. It was strategic. Yes. Maybe an extra second longer than they need to be, but it all adds up. So, in this episode, you're going to hear who I want to, maybe not want to fight against, but who I, who I fancy my chances against in the golfing world. How I used to go on golf holidays just to go out clubbing. Yeah. How we saved someone's life. We did. That's a good story. COVID and shutting golf courses. Bore off. When we say fight, by the way, Rick, we're not talking like Twitter fight. You're, we actually had quite an in-depth discussion Physical. about, and we've done this before, but this is even more depth about you having fights. Cage with, fighting. Yeah, with other golf YouTubers, and you got really into it. Yeah, far that too was, much, actually. Yeah, it was a bit strange, but it was good. I enjoyed that. New drivers, ping drivers, tailor-made drivers, Callaway drivers. Um, the fact that Boris Johnson used one of your golf clubs. Yeah. Which is a big curveball. It was. Never told you that before. And loads more. So sit back. First episode of 2021. We thought it wasn't going to be our best. It might not be, but it's okay. And we also learned about when you embarrass yourself as well, which is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things that I don't want to remember. Guys, sit back, enjoy the first podcast of 2021. All right, guys, welcome to the Rick Shields podcast. Golf show. The golf show. <laughs> first episode of 2021. Feels like it's been a while. It does. It's been, well, we had a week off, didn't we, last week? We did. A complete week off. But the week before that, which was, I think, the Robbie Williams... No, 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 the one before that was the one we talked about custom fitting. And we filmed that, we recorded that one, I think, in advance, quite a few days before it went up. Yeah. And then the one before that was Robbie Williams, which we did again in advance, I think, if we I'm did. right. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's actually been ages since we last did one. And it's got that feel a little bit like part of me thought, let's have last week off. You wanted to do it last week, didn't you? I'll be I honest. did, I did. And I said, let's have a week off. Let's recharge. <laughs> let's come back bigger and stronger, faster and better. But actually, I feel really out of sync with it now. And I'm tra- treating today as like the first gym session back where okay. you don't push yourself. You don't do too much. <laughs> you just go and you tick the box and you get out of there. So it's going to be media. It's going to be medium to poor okay wow really big <laughs> <up>. <laughs> how do you think it's gonna be wow well it's funny because you mention all the claims there you say it's gonna be bigger and faster and stronger than ever before it sounds very much like the claims that we're hearing from all the major manufacturers with their new driver releases at the start of 2021 that it does which we are going to come on to very shortly also you've told me news that we saved someone's life but you've not told me how we have now we'll come come on, it's I'll come on to that a bit later on, but yeah, we have inadvertently saved the life of somebody, which, wow. yeah, is quite big, and I'm quite proud of this, but we'll come on to that a bit later on. Um, like I say, we are going to dive into the new driver technology. We're actually recording this on Monday, the 11th of January, uh, just after lunchtime, and actually we're 10 minutes away from the Ping driver embargo that's about to lift at 2pm. It's been a weird, weird one with the Ping drivers, the G425s, because... A lot of people have actually seen these drivers because it actually got released over in Asia yeah. and Australia. Like, what's that September time or even earlier than that? We actually, if you remember, we had a, an exclusive off Ping. They, they gave us a bit oh, of an yeah. email and stuff to, to announce on the podcast. And I think that was, oh, was a while ago now. But as we did discuss then, the, the rationale was it was due to, I think, release globally, like you said, about September time. And then because of COVID and whatnot, they decided to release it only in Asia and Australia. 
But with this world that we live in now, it's so easy to share things via the internet and stuff. It's been images have been online for months. Athletes have been using it for months. There's a couple of reviews online that have been on for months. So it's like a new driver, but doesn't feel new. Yeah, it's a funny one, really. But it's good. People will have seen it by now. They'll have what hardcore listeners will have watched your video, liked it, oh, subscribed, yeah. of course. commented I below, about that. and now they're going to be going. Oh, tell, tell us some behind the scenes, Rick. So it was an interesting one because, like I say, we, we've seen loads of it before. Uh, Lee Westwood's been out there winning with it. Tyrrell Hatton's been out there winning with it. And like I say, Guy said we've seen a few reviews. I've seen loads of pictures and images, and we've had the drivers now for about two. That's probably too long, actually. Maybe a month, if not longer. Maybe more. I reckon We've about six long, weeks. Yeah, six weeks, I'd say. Um, it's new driver lineup, Fairway Woods, Irons, which a review of the Irons will be coming mm. out tomorrow. Um, you know what? The G lineup, it's really interesting. G lineup's been around for donkey's years. Was the first ever one G2? First one was G2. Go on, let's see was. if we name them all. G2, oh, G5. Yep. Your turn. 10. 15. 20. 25. 30. Then it went G. Yes. They, they decided to drop the number... 18 months later, they brought the number back, which was? So it went G, and then it was G400. Correct. Then G410, then G425. Interesting, though. Someone said, why did they not call it G40? A G420, and apparently it means something. Oh, it's 420 a day in America where everyone smokes weed, is it? Something like that. Is that what it is? I think it is, 420, if you Google it, something like that. Not saying everybody in America smokes weed, but it's something like that, I think it is. 420, day, I'm going to have a look now. 420 meaning... Uh, oh yeah, cannabis culture, slang for marijuana, yeah, and ha- yeah. hashish communication, especially smoking around the time of 420, and also refers to cannabis, <laughs> you learn a lot here in the, on the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, uh, celebrations that take place annually on April the 20th, so that's why they didn't call it the 420, do you think that was it? Isn't that why, why it would be? Because you probably get people making memes out of it and stuff. But you know what I like with Ping? <laughs> and you said this in the video, I think, is that they stuck with G for ages. But actually, this is a good one for you. Do you remember why the G2 was so revolutionary at the time? Super cheap. Yes, it was 199 sterling. And that was actually... Because we've had a bit of, um, like all things like trends and fashions, golf, it went... Re- clubs went really expensive in the early noughties. And it was like 500 quid more for whatever for a Callaway top-end like driver. the ERC. Yes. That was super expensive. Yes, that kind of era. And then Ping came out with the G2, which I remember was 199 which at the time was That's really cheap. cheap. But it was really good. Obviously, it was good, if not better, than most drivers in the market. G5 was class. G10 was arguably the best ever, I would say. I had a G10 with the red Pro Force shaft in it. See, I used um, an I10. Not Pro Force, Pro Launch, Graphloid Pro Launch. You so had the, I, the black one. I had one. the I10 and the I15. Well, it's a shame they don't bring the eye out anymore, the actually. I'd, good. Like, I'd quite it's like, like the LS Tech, I suppose, isn't yeah, it? But, I'd quite um, like the i 425. That would be good, in all black. Yeah. But what they have done well, and this is why I don't mind the fact that it, came out, it got leaked, if you like, early, is that with, like, maybe TaylorMade or Cobra, you or kind Callaway. of... Or You don't know what it's going to be next year, so it could be something different. It could be... De- Whereas with Ping, you know it's going to be a G-Driver. So that one kind of leaked early. But it wasn't that like, oh, you've ruined the surprise. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. There was just like, yeah, it's a G425. It looks, it's a weird one because in one way, I want to say it looks really traditional. But also when you put it behind the ball, with it's those turbulators modern. and the dragonfly, whatever it's called, if it's still called dragonfly, yeah, yeah. it's quite, it's, it's an acquired taste. But in terms of branding and on a shop shelf, it's very kind of nice and just unoffensive. Do you think they've got a very wide um, audience appeal then? Like, could you imagine, you could imagine a 15-year-old teen up with a G-Driver, mm-hmm. turbulators on top, or blacked out. Could you imagine a 70-year-old teen off? with? I probably could. You know why I think we use Ping? And it doesn't, not, I like the brand, I've had the stuff before, but for me, this new line, it's a bit of a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, it's a bit like Colin, he's 55 and he's an accountant. That's who I see it as, because it doesn't massively get me, like, excited. Ooh. I think it's this year's colourway as well, it's like very... Honest, it's it's a trustworthy piece of kit. It will do what it says in the tin. It's not too bling. It's, it's good a little re- bit bling. You know what it is? Sorry, just to interrupt. It's like a really nice car that you want to be quite showy off it. So you've just upped all the spec. <laughs> you've got the best alloys, but it's not it's not trashy. Like you've it's got, a high-end VW. Yeah, you've got the little bits of carbon. You've got a little bit... You know, it stands out on the road, but it's not somebody's looking at it and going, oh, look at that poser. But also, it's not a boy racer. It's not Darren down the road and his Ford RS, which is essentially the tailor-made driver, is yeah, it? Yeah. 
which can't be named just yet, but it, well, it can, can yeah, it? Yeah, most Max, people have seen it. Sim Max 2. Sim, Sim 2 Max. 2 Max, Sim 2. And Callaway have brought out their lineup as well. So reviews of those. Callaway will be out Friday. Uh, TaylorMade will be out Tuesday following, so that the week after you've listened to this podcast. Um, I've got a challenge for you then, speaking about new drivers. And this is something we discussed earlier today off podcast. I love golf equipment, right? And that's no... Um, secret. Secret. Good one. I forgot the word <laughs> for secret then. This is going well, isn't it? That's no secret, right? And I remember, I've told you this before, when I was a kid, before the internet was really a thing, I'd get my mum every month to take the local news agent to buy the latest um, issue of like today's golfer and stuff. And I'd go straight to the middle, which is where all the uh, equipment stuff was. And I can remember so vividly the day when it was announced that Callaway were making a ball, the Rule 35, the red and the blue version. And that being like, oh my God, it was like a massive thing that Callaway were making up. That was really sad. But that's how excited I was. And I still am to this day. But I need you to try and inspire me. And I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate role here. I'm getting bored of new drivers, Rick. Okay. I'm getting, I, I love seeing them, and I love that first look of what have they changed, or what's it called this year, how much does it cost, what athletes going to be using it, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like performance-wise, every year, they're just a little bit better, a little bit better. And I'm worried that this time next year or the year after that, the fire is going to have just burnt out in my belly, and I'm just not going to be excited anymore. So talk to me why I need to continue being excited I think there's a couple of reasons. First off, I do genuinely believe that driver technology has not fully reached peak yet. Okay. Okay. I, th- I think we're super close. I think we're getting unbelievably close to the limits that's set by the USGA and the RNA to say how fast the ball can come off the face. I get that. But I think there's also ways that the golf brands can potentially get golfers to swing it faster, potentially. We've not seen it massive leaps and bounds just yet. And also, you will see little golden nuggets that push the boundary. Let's say the speed zone driver, not speed zone, the F9 driver, that kind of pushed the boundary a little bit more that seemed to have everything at the right price point. It looked good, it felt good, it sounded good, the performance was really good in it. I think what brands are sometimes falling the trap of, and I understand why this would cause you to lose the, the fire in your belly and maybe some listeners as well, is I think they go down the trap of constantly telling you that the driver that they're bringing out this year is better than last year's. Yes. And I think that's the trap they're setting themselves up for. I wouldn't be offended, I'm sure you wouldn't be as well, if they just brought out the new version. And it wasn't so much about the performance of the new version. It was just about, this is the new TaylorMade driver. This is the new Callaway driver. In some degree, a little bit like what Ping do. Mm -hmm. I do, but then does that then lose the fire completely because it's not like the magical element of a driver, a new driver that promises you to hit it faster, further, straighter, longer, all that jazz. Does that then get completely lost and does the fire completely vanish? It's a fine line, isn't it? And again, we've said this before, again, off podcast, but every two years or whatever, the Pro V1 gets um, a new little bit of a story. It lets a little tinker on it. The only thing that changes visually is the little logo on the side changes to some degree. But, you don't really see a difference. And we even know a lot of tour pros use old models. Adam Scott, is it? used like a six-year-old one or something. A lot of them, is it 2015 one was really popular? I think it was. But you kind of just accept this new Pro V1. The box will change a bit and you go into the pro shop when you want to buy a dozen and you just buy whichever's the latest one. But with drivers, like you said, the brands are constantly, constantly saying it's faster, it's longer, it's more forgiving, it's higher launch, it's lower spinning. And then because it's not... Because I think as well, obviously since probably the last six seven years where launch monitors have become so accessible and like people like you online are proving that they don't always go longer how long does that go on for before you just think right i'm bored of the stories now and for me it feels like it's coming about now and i don't want it to i want to get excited every time they bring out a new driver but i know that when i try one out or when you try one out it's going to be the same as last year maybe a yard longer do you think that also slightly changes obviously you've worked in the golf industry now for several years do you think that's the same view that that the, the general golfer has as well or do they do they still get excited we get trapped in a bubble don't we yeah, where yeah. we think that like so for example if tomorrow let's just say titleist next driver got leaked you know it's ages away but let's just say it did right we would be like oh my god that's ridiculous titleist are never gonna come back from this everyone knows what the next driver looks like 99 percent of the golf at the golf course wouldn't have a clue if you went round, mo one thing actually just kind of jumping off that one thing used to surprise me when i used to work in a pro shop and this isn't a bad thing it's not i'm not judging people but so many of the members who were hardcore golfers, and when I say hardcore, I mean in terms of how much they play, literally three, four times a week, often seniors or sometimes just, just middle-aged blokes who love the golf, 
so many of them had really old clubs because they just weren't bothered about having the latest gear. They loved playing golf. Now, obviously, there is a lot of golfers that love having the latest gear, but so many of those golfers couldn't tell you what the latest Titleist driver's called or the latest ping called or who won on the European Tour last weekend. So we are in a bit of a bubble. Um, I've now forgot what the question was. Do you think? The, oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think golfers have still got the fire? I don't know. I think... Not as much, possibly. I don't think people that watch our videos and watch your videos now probably are these excited because they just know what's going to be... Co- I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit like, a little bit of another analogy, it's a bit like iPhones now. You always have the latest iPhone this year, you've not bothered because it's so similar. Yeah. There comes a point That's where... That's annoyed me this year, That's actually. it, you want to want it, don't you? You yeah. want to own it because you like having a new iPhone. That, that annoyed me this year with the new iPhone because I honestly thought, right, come on, what's next? What's happening? Because there are no le- there are no limitations potentially with technology like that, no f- like phones where... Golf, as we know, we've become much more switched onto this in the in the past. The um, there has been legal limits. Um, just as we're releasing this as well, the the ping video has just gone live, so we might even get some live comments coming in. Well, that'd be quite cool. Have you seen as well? Speak, last thing on new drivers, you probably have seen this: the new PXG driver. Yeah, how cheap it is! Ridiculous, that, isn't it? The newest one now, the zero two one one for twenty twenty one model, brand new, is three hundred and twenty five pounds. That's mad, isn't it? I, 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 it's really, really hard for me to understand PXG's model. I think they've got lost completely. Because I understand, like a bit like Tesla, this economies of scale, you come out as a business, as a brand with a product or, or some or service, whatever it might be, and you charge a fortune for it. And obviously that then increases probably demand to some degree. You don't have many, much quantity of it. You increase people's like... Um, Desire. desire, yeah, desire is the perfect word. Desire for the product, and it's good for you for your financial flow as a business as well to exactly. charge a lot of money for products. And then you get people naturally wanting it who can't afford it. And then due to economies of scale, you might then obviously make more machinery or make a better way of process of making that product, or whatever it might be. Then you make a cheaper option that then obviously the masses can can purchase. With PXG, the driver was what eight hundred quid when it first came out, the first one or even a grand. Well, it was much closer to a grand. The hype behind PXG when they first came out was massive. Mm-hmm. It really was like, we. I used to get pestered and mired. When are, you, when are you reviewing PXG? When are you testing PXG? And I was like, oh my God. And at the time, it was quite hard to get products because one, it was super expensive. And two, I didn't have a, a relationship with PXG at all. Finally, managed to get strike up a relationship, tested the PXG drivers, the drivers, irons, fairway woods. Probably for about three years, um, we, we gave a fairly negative review and said basically a similar story to this about last year they've lost the way and never heard of phg again but also i never get asked about phg like i never see it in comments i never see anything about phg anymore well the reason why was if you think about it if a brand came out with a driver that's a thousand pounds people want to say well is it better than the callaway yeah. that i've got those 500 it was quid? intriguing and now it's sitting the dearest drive they do is 405 pounds which obviously isn't cheap i'm not saying that's cheap but it's still cheaper than the, the new tailor-made that's coming out the new callaway the, the new ping so it's a very strange place to where they now sit in the marketplace. On the flip side of that, I'm just looking online now, their tour bag at Scottsdale Golf is still £710. So it's what? kind of like they still want to be having some things that are ridiculous. I mean, that's probably about three, 400 quid more than a normal tour bag would be from another brand. So in one way, they want to have a driver that is more reasonably priced or even undercutting its competitors, but then have a tour bag that's 700 quid. But surely that consumer that wants everything PXG is going to move away from that brand now because he knows, quite frankly, his mate who's got a worse job than him could afford one. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Really weird. Why have they... Why, I don't understand why they've done it. Is this the death of PXG? That's going to be the title. That's perfect nice. now. PXG, right. are they dead? <laughs> are we dead and we saved a life? Yeah, we did. So I'll just come on to that briefly before we do anything else. That saving a life thing. I want to talk very quickly on. about PXG, just tiny bit yeah. Imagine... If this again was done in a in a car company, like who would you see as the most one of the most premium car brands? Well, it depends. Like a like a Lamborghini. Well, I was going to say more like Rolls Royce. Okay, Rolls but Royce. Whichever, yeah. Imagine if they brought out a twenty five grand car. Yeah. And suddenly everyone driving around like in a Rolls, Rolls Royce. Royce. Like, how much would that damage the brand? And people who drove drove around in a million pound Rolls Royces would be like, I don't yeah. want to drive around in this anymore. Like, and I, like you said, that's the thing with PHG. I just find it so baffling. Like, if you've spent a lot of money on golf equipment because you wanted to and you want to show off, because let's be honest, that's the person who's buying that PHG stuff. 
And I'm like, everyone's got it, and you're seeing it on the shelf for 300 quid. But even even though that analogy you've made is good, it's, it's still not quite the same, because with a Rolls-Royce, the 500 grand one would still be have a V12 engine or whatever. Compared to the, yeah. the 25 grand one would be a 1.2 litre petrol. Yeah, true. Whereas these PXG drivers are going to go the same distance, the dear one and the cheaper one, as anything else in the market. So you are buying PXG really for the branding. Yeah. So now it's cheaper than the other brands. It's, it's strange. It's very, very strange. Um, do you want to hear about the saving life thing? Yeah, I do. So nice little pick me I haven't asked this person if I can read out his email. So therefore, I'm not obviously going to mention his name and I'm going to kind of keep a few bits out of it. But it was from a gentleman, which I think I can say, who um, he basically you can't actually begin to know how much I mean. That, that, well, he's put thank you, right? And then he put... You actually can't begin to know how much I mean that. Wow. And it has nothing at all to do with improving my golf. So he said, shamefully, I only came across um, the Rick Shields Facebook and podcast phenomenon over the Christmas break, during which my wife and I contracted COVID-19, which made for a lot of time at home, getting into the videos, and latterly consuming the podcasts. So this is really recent. This is like literally a couple of weeks ago. Following my recovery, my local golf course was locked from heavy, uh, closed from heavy, from heavy rain. Sorry, I can't do the thing again today. I always do and I can't speak. I'm going to start again. Following my recovery, <laughs> my local golf course was closed from heavy rain and then lockdown 3.0 brought an end to the chance of um, utilizing Rick's advice, etc. So I continued to work through more Rick Shields podcasts, often going to bed with my headphones in and listening to more and more of the content. I'm a big fan of that. Because that's why we do the podcast. So when people think, I like watching Rick's videos, well, now it's Rick's with you when you're in the car, when you're in bed, <laughs> making love to your wife. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically there. Rick's always there in your ear. In your <laughs> Whoa, advice. What? <laughs> <laughs> what goes on in the bedroom shouldn't be brought up in the podcast. It took, took you a while to answer. Um, but anyway, he then says, on Wednesday evening... I reached the Rick Shields and John Robbins um, podcast episode. And thankfully, it's a lengthy episode. At 11pm, my wife went up to bed. And it's not uncommon for me, being a bit of a night owl, to go to bed some some hours after her. But just that night, I was quite tired and wanted to listen to the podcast, so I had to go up with her. So he's thinking, I'll get in bed, but I'll keep my headphones in. I've got John Robbins in my left ear, Rick Shields in my right ear. I'm enjoying it. And his wife, you never know. She, yeah. might, she might perk up, things <laughs> might happen. There was, not there was, that way. There so. was an ulterior, ulterior motive for him going to bed. Well, early. it turns a bit dark here. But then he says, oh. about an hour later, I was still listening to the podcast, and my wife, who was fast asleep, suffered a seizure and a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. She simply fitted and made some really like bad groaning noises that I would never have noticed if I was still downstairs. Thanks to the podcast, I was withering upstairs. I did CPR until the ambulance arrived and restarted her heart. And today she was taken out of intensive care and continues to recover. I can't tell you how relieved we are, of course. Um, whilst no one will ever know how grateful that I am, I went to bed that night to listen to you rather than stay up downstairs and kind of watch telly or whatever. Oh my um, goodness. I will no doubt finish the episode soon and many more as I'm afraid to go to bed alone at the moment. Great content and keep it coming. So... I'm not going to say this guy's name, obviously. I've emailed him back to say, like, what an amazing story and I hope his wife's in the mend and I was obviously going to read it to yourself. So if he... I might chase him up afterwards or if he gets back to us, I might basically ask if we can maybe... Well, I don't know if we need to mention his name anyway, but keep a track on how she's getting on Mm. Um, because that's... That is a crazy story, that, isn't it? To think that if he wasn't listening to that episode upstairs... Wow. Who knows? God forbid, you know, anything bad would have happened, but well, wow. something bad happened anyway. That's me trying to make a sex joke out of it. I know, never mind. But it was, um, that was good to hear, wasn't it? Amazing. Now, mate, I'm so glad, like I say, things like that, you know, fate is a is a crazy, crazy thing, and so many things happen for a reason. And obviously, it wasn't her time to go, and therefore, I'm glad you're around. And, and the fact you knew CPR and all sorts, no, like, it's mental. Um, it, it, very, very lucky. So, I'm glad. It is a good end to the story. Um, n- v- yeah, comments coming in early on the video. On the new Ping G425 video. On the new Ping... Um, Rick, you're my favourite YouTuber. Blah, 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 blah. Rick, you're simply the best. Oh, sorry, let me try and find some that uh, <laughs> about the upload. Um, there's actually not many yet because not many people have watched the full video. Good. This is good content. I've got a high-quality camera. Great. Love the videos. Head cover fashion advice with Rick. You make the best club reviews on YouTube. 
I'll check that again in a few minutes. Yeah. To see. Let, there's no pressure. People are listening to this in the car. They've not had a podcast for a couple of weeks. They're thinking, <laughs> right, Rick's back with his record-breaking golf podcast, the number one golf podcast in the UK. I don't, are we and anymore? Where are yeah, we now? I'm forgetting what charts. We're so far down New year, list. new me. I'm not bothered about vanity. It's just making good, honest content that saves lives. That's all I want to do. That's our tagline. Yeah. But if you do want to sponsor the podcast, there's still a chance nah, available. long gone, all that stuff. All right, okay. <laughs> we actually had a couple of good questions. I put uh, a thing on Facebook. I thought, again, let's just today ease back into it. I'll tell you it. what we could talk about. Our bloody golf course is closing. Well, that, was, that was on the list as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute. Because we've obviously can't make any videos. Um, so, really easy one for you here. Who's your favourite YouTuber between Peter Finch or Matt Fryer? <laughs> I'd probably still go Pete. Would you? Yeah. I don't like his his new presentation style's strange. I feel like he's Elaborate. changed. Like, he's, he's like a character. He's mm-hmm. turned into like a TV character. Yeah. Like Jeremy Clarkson off Top Gear or something. So yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that side of him, but I think that's his like nervous energy. Yeah. I feel like he's not like that in real life, is he? He doesn't speak like that. Involved, mate, you carry on. I'm just stir the pot. He doesn't, no, he's not. He's he doesn't different. speak like that, and he speaks a bit different on camera, but some of the content he does is pretty decent. Matt's getting there. I'm going to go with Matt then to balance it out a little bit. I think I, Matt's I'm got still just stuff. intrigued to know. I think you can grow a really successful YouTube channel just off coaching. Mm-hmm. So you've seen Danny Moore do it, me and my golf do it, Matt Fry do it, Chris Ryan do it, and several others just mm-hmm. coaching. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt could needs to stay in that lane potentially. We'll okay. see if he does or not. Liam has asked, uh, the both of us, but I'm obviously going to ask you first, what are your hobbies aside from golf? Hmm. I must admit, I, I don't like this question because I don't really have any. <laughs> what do I like doing? You're always working out. I've started working out a little bit again. I go. How much do I go in ebbs and flows of working out? Yeah, really out? bad. Like, two weeks, I'm like on it like crazy, and then I'm off it mm-hmm. for six months, and I'm on it again for two weeks, which isn't a good balance. I like running. I do. Yeah. I do like running a lot. Um, I don't do it en- enough, but I do. Um, what else do I like doing? It sounds a bit boring, that. I like working. That's boring, that, isn't it? Yeah. What's yours, pal? Um, reading books. Full. <laughs> <laughs> My hobbies are um, watch other people's golf YouTube videos and slagging them off to you on text. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really I don't know. I, I'm the same as you. I go through phases of like running, and I've, I've actually I was quite consistent. Um, 2020, I think I did 100 and 200 runs or something. I, I counted up on my Strava, uh, which I was quite impressed with. If you could pick up a hobby, what would you what would you do? Um, what that actually I want to do, or that sounds cool to say you do. Mm. You know, what I always feel like you're gonna right. I remember this weird story, right? Not a weird story. My brother in his old, like, a job ages ago, he might not even remember me telling me this, but he said there was some lad that he worked with who was a lot younger, who was like, um, not an intern, but that kind of vibe, like 20 or something. And I think he was talking to people at work, and somebody said to this lad oh, about, um, do you go out on a weekend or whatever? And he kind of said, oh, no, I don't drink. I've, I've never I've never drunk, and I've never even gone to a nightclub or anything like that, And that's which is quite rare for a 20-year-old yeah, like, yeah, male. Um, and apparently kind of his hobby was something along the lines of going out on like a, a night on a Saturday and like helping the homeless people wow. and like giving them food and stuff like that. And I know it sounds really stupid, but that's actually, but I feel like I've never done anything like that. I'll hold my hands up, but I'd kind of like to, so I think about how good you'd feel. You would feel good. Like helping people out and stuff. So that's a bit deep, but I would like to do something like that more. I don't kind of know what, but. I don't know the kickboxing. <laughs> That for when you and Crossfield have a fight. <laughs> he would do you at the minute, though. He's, he's, he is. He's fast. Uh, if I said dead I, agile. If I can lamp Pete, I can lamp him as well. No, I, th- I do think Crossfield would take you. No chance. Don't even don't even joke about things like that. All right, then give you two golf YouTubers you wouldn't fancy yourself against. Then who you think... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It would possibly have the ad Jovia. Alex Etches. Yes, definitely. He would Good absolutely shout. demolish me. Good shout. Um, <laughs> What's his podcast become? I'm loving it. I feel like Andy Proudman's all muscle, but no, no, no force. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's Andy from me and my golf. He's got the six pack. If anyone doesn't know who that is, like, he looks phenomenal, but I just don't think he's got anything, any meat behind him. Um, who else? Let me think. Let me think. It's a good question. This. It's got to be an American, surely. Um, who am I think. Whatever. Whatever. I tell you, who I wouldn't take. I think he's got a killer blow. The lefty from THG. Oh yeah. I feel like he. Throw a punch. Yeah. Any dark horses in there? And then Any... probably like Mike Newton. Mike Newton, yeah. I can imagine Mike Newton knows a bit of karate, mate. Yeah, he's, like just he's a, a bit, brown he's belt. He's quite tall. Yeah. Like Matt, flick over. <laughs> Pete, I'd smash. Uh... <laughs> this has just gone. I'm loving this. Carry on. Um, most of them would. Um, yeah. It'd probably only be Alex, actually, I wouldn't want to get in, involved with. Big guy. He's a. He's a beast yeah and then paul sturges yeah he's seven foot seven and a half he, he would just give you a flick so that was good that <laughs> went off on a tangent it's quite a good question this and it was from david he said what's more important with golf club clubs facts or feel so what i think he's meaning is let's just say you get a fitting for example i'm, I'm putting okay, words yeah, in his yeah, mouth yeah. and one driver's 300 revolutions less spin than the other one and it's going a bit further but the one that was less far might feel better. So I think, what? I think it depends on what is the difference, yeah. isn't it? If it was one yard, but you prefer the feel of the one that went... You go and feel, aren't you? Feel every day. If it was 10 yards, and it's going to put you on a bit of a, a question mark there, in six, it's like, God, that's 10 yards further. That I'm hitting an extra club short, a club shorter into the greens. I've got to go for the extra 10 yards over the driver that feels nicer, mm-hmm. or the club that feels nicer. If it's putting... I would probably still go off feel, yeah. regardless of stats almost. Like if one of them said that ball rolls 3% sooner in its roll over this one, I'd still go with the one that feels best. You know what, right, I want to ask you something here. I'm going to come to a couple more questions in a minute. I ruffled some feathers in the last podcast when I talked about fitting, right? And that video clip, yeah, that video clip has gone onto Facebook. It's okay. done well, actually. It's done really. It? It's had over 100,000 views. Now, regular listeners will know that I was doing that kind of semi-playing devil's advocate and that there obviously are a lot of benefits to fitting, but I do still think it's overrated in a lot of departments, okay? Some people were saying, I really agree with this guy, didn't know my name, but they called me Guy, which is good. It's close, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's other people who were saying, oh, he's chatting absolute nonsense, whatever, he's an idiot and stuff, which is, again, it's fine. I know I'm going to get that reaction when you kind of say something that somebody... Not nice, though. No, but so many people, I understand, think that fitting is the holy grail and they've heard it from the makers of five or something or whatever. So it's understandable. Um, but I still, I'm not convinced that fitting makes a lot of people better. And there is some advice, there's some examples of people say, oh, well, actually, I, I got down from five to two and I got fitted. But then you think, well, actually, I know it's, it's going off on a tangent, but 
if you are off five and you get down to two because you're in for a fitting, you're obviously quite keen on your golf to go for fitting in the first instance. So is it also the fact that you've got a fit set of irons then put in a lot more graft as well? You need to spend money on the irons to get used to them and therefore because of that you've then got better because you're playing more and practicing more or is it down to the irons? So I was thinking right of a video, I don't, this would be quite a big effort but I'll put it on here first. Let's get an average golfer, an 18 handicapper right, who's just a kind of standard golfer, standardish okay. height, standardish build, okay, who's got whatever clubs they've got. Ideally not fitted, ideally just off the shelf. Calling the accountant. Calling the accountant, right? Take him for a fitting and get them everything through the bag, driver to putter, all fitted. Then they have to play 10 rounds of golf, okay, and alternate between normal clubs for round one, obviously not on one day or anything, they can be separate days. Then second day or ever, the fitted ones, whichever, back and forth basically. At the end of 10 rounds or 15 or 20, however many we chose to do, actually have a look at the scores mm. and see, well, on rounds one, three, five, seven, nine, whatever, you were using your normal clubs and you shot this many over par, this many days, whatever. With the fitted clubs, you shot X and see if there actually is a benefit. That's quite a cool idea. Because like you said, the problem is, let's say, let's say this, let's say we took you, for example, yeah. right? You go now to whatever brand or whatever fitting facility and got fully fitted right now mm-hmm. and said, right, guy, fully fitted, go and play golf. Now, you might get a rock up your ass and go and play golf loads more. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you would, but, no, but let's, you might do, right? If you, you spent go, a grand of your own money on exactly, them, you would. Let's say you spent a load of money on your own and you, your heart and your head is set on this year is my year. I'm going to play the best golf I can. I'm going to get fitted. I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice more. I'm going to play more, blah, blah, blah. And we took your scores this year compared to last year. That's not a fair comparison yeah, whatsoever no, exactly. because last year you weren't playing and whatever. So it's it's trying to find that balance. How can if we had if we had a the, the best way the best 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 way would be if a guy literally played once every week, just a Saturday morning every single week for fifty weeks of the year. Yeah, we took all them scores in in one year. Not he never practiced, never did anything. Give him a fitting, and then the following year he played exactly the same fifty rounds. Saturday is there morning benefiting because yeah. that's that's the because even even if you gave Colin the accountant 50, who's you know fifty five playing off eighteen full set of golf clubs is he going to practice more potentially because he's got the shiny mm. you know almost like if you I feel like I run better when I've got new trainers on and I don't because they're just new trainers but I bet you go out more because you want to wear your new trainers exactly, and yeah. then you'll see a benefit in your time that's, so that's what, what I'm trying to get at. And somebody put this, I know it was, well, somebody put a comment saying, what's stupid, da, da, da. He said, if, let's imagine I want to take up cycling and I will go and buy a kid's bike. Now, obviously, that's oh, not what I'm saying because obviously, if you are seven foot tall and you use normal clubs, there's going to be a difference. Or if a normal sized person, regular sized person went and got a set of junior clubs, there'd be a difference. But going back to a bike analogy, if you went to a bike shop tomorrow and you wanted just a, a bike, then obviously... Would it make that much difference to you maybe if you got a different tyre or just like different handlebars, different grips on that? Like, there's obviously stuff they would add and change. Yeah, yeah. And it might make, it might feel more comfortable, but would you suddenly go out and be able to cycle faster around the block than you would with the one that wasn't massively fitted to you? And I don't know because it's not about cycling, but that's more of the analogy than like saying going in a kid's bike. Because Correct. obviously you're not going to buy a kid's bike. Anyway, fitting's important to some degree. Let's just leave it at that. Happy to leave it at that. I think so. <laughs> until we stir the pot again until we need some content and we can come up with something like that um so michael's asked would you shave your beard off forever to play augusta once but it can't grow back and that's a picture of you he's used with no beard oh that's an horrible picture isn't it um oh god how can i put a value on my beard i think you'd have to keep the beard looking at that picture my kids wouldn't recognize me my wife would leave me you know what you look like there in that picture? You look like your name's Simon and that you're about 24 and you work at, like, Burton's. But you you, you think you are somebody. <laughs> so this is a your screenshot. Dad, your dad's got a bit of money and he's given you, like, some money to buy a car and you've got, like, a, a, a 61-plate Merc, but it's gone to your head. <laughs> it has. And you've got, like... A, a decent watch, but it's not like a. It's not like it's like a cheap, cheap, cheap tag that you got for your twenty first. Cost about. Well, I don't know what, but like a cheap version of a tag. Brilliant. That's what you look like. Wow. So this is a screenshot from one of my first ever, ever videos I ever made, where it was on a putting green at Highly, and, and this is the take. It's like, hi, I'm Rick Shields. 
hi, it's Rick Shields. This is Rick Shields golf tips or something like that. And that was how to put or something. I can't remember. My neck looks thick though, doesn't it? Yeah. Like I was working out there. But... Best golf holiday destination? Honestly, Turkey. Is it? Yeah. Never been. Only because there's shed loads of unbelievable golf courses in like the, I can't, um, oh God, what's it called? Area. I that's going to annoy me. Loads of amazing golf courses like Max Royale, the Faldo courses, uh, Carrier. Um, it's not super busy like a Tenerife or a um, Spain or a Portugal or whatever. The food is phenomenal. The hotels are out of this world and you've got night golf there as well. The only thing it lacks, but I think this is what makes a better lads holiday than a not a lad or a golf holiday, let's say, is it's not got a massive nightlife. Like it's not like crazy clubbing mm. every night. So That's I, what you need, isn't it? That's what you need. The one thing that when I've been on golf trips before with the with the boys at Portugal, Spain, or whatever, it's the one thing that I end up regretting the most. Like going out too hard and getting too hammered, then the next day not playing. Does that golf. not mean it's good then if it's not got that in Turkey? That's what I'm saying. Oh right, that's okay, what I'm saying. It's you. the best. Oh, but, wrong with you, right? I thought like, you said it was a bad thing. No, no, there's ah. nice restaurants. There's a few bars and things like if you want to get your boogie on, but it's not like. It's not like Albuquerque in uh, Portugal where it's like a proper strip that's like mad So you've clubbing. got two options, right? Play 18 holes. You finish at 5pm. Straight back to the room. Bit of Lynx Africa. Gel your hair a bit. Straight out on the lash, right? Yeah. You're going clubbing. You've got having fish bowls. You're spinning around with a straw. I mean, this right? all sounds good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, and you're out, out till... Three, four, whatever. Yeah. Early kebab, home, yeah. sick. Why yeah. not? Right? Or finish at five, golf. Little glass of uh, red in the clubhouse. Yeah. Bit of a chat. Back to the room, shower, FaceTime the wife and kids. Yeah. Out for a fillet steak. Nice. Six beers. Yeah. A cigar. Yeah. Home by 12. Yeah. That's, my, that's where <laughs> I am. That's me right now. I, I lived the first life. I was there and I loved it. I loved it every minute of it. Every three o'clock getting back home and not knowing how I've even got back and teeing up on the next day, seeing five golf balls on the tee thinking, oh my God, I think I want to be sick. I've been there, I've done that. And I'll be honest, I loved it, yeah. but not enough anymore. Now it is that second option. It's a nice glass of red. It's a couple of beers after the golf. It's a nice steak. It's nice, a proper nice. Like, we're not sharing rooms on this hotel. Oh, this, absolutely not. No, the first trip, yeah, you share rooms. Yeah. Like, that's just what it is. Yeah. Get as many people in a room as you possibly can to make yeah. it as cheap. Uh, um, you have to tee off at, like, 12 noon when it was the hottest because that was the cheapest tee times. Yeah. Where now I want to tee off at 10 o'clock mm. or two o'clock in the afternoon and have a nice breakfast and what maybe i might even do a bit of sightseeing i might wander down to the beach in the mornings and just you know stretch my legs and just go and pick up a paper or whatever and, yeah you you'll know, pick up a paper no, you'll pick be scrolling on tiktok but still <laughs> a bit of time to sell that's still my magaloof side of me you know what else you're missing out it's really good i've never been like this kind of holiday but what would be my ice on the cake a brand new fresh white pair of golf shoes oh yeah they've never been touched a list yeah trip. definitely the ball that uncomfy when you put them on because it's so box fresh <laughs> You get a bit of blisters, but they look awesome. Um, Dan has asked, and I've got a good one for this, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Your most embarrassing moment on the golf course. I've probably asked this before. I can't remember. Honestly, hand on heart, my most embarrassing was 14 Club Challenge. Oh, yeah. That's I wanted to be swallowed up at yeah. that time. It was Just horrible. elaborate on that for people that don't know what happened. Uh, it wasn't very good. No, but what even is it is? <laughs> don't really want to bring it up. Um, last year, last September. One of the biggest oh, no, moments of your career, really, wasn't it? You could say. Well, yeah, some would say. <laughs> the European Tour started this thing where it's two golfers, typically tour players. They have a green on a par three, and you've got to hit each player plays against each other and as soon as you've hit that club you need the player can hit it again mm-hmm. you get a point for hitting the green you get no points for missing the green i got no points yeah so that means I, i'm missed every time i shanked two shots you did and pete got one only one <coughs> uh, he didn't play as bad as me but it was just very very i was out of practice very nervous a lot more people around than i expected there to be mm-hmm. i normally film with two three people yeah. around us and there must have been Double 15, figures, 20, yeah. 20 oh. people around. Um, yeah, it wasn't particularly very you nice. You know what? I've said this to you before. It wasn't your best performance, but it's harder than it looks for in Club Challenge because let's just say it's a six iron, right? 
if your opponent, I can't remember if you went first, but let's just say you go second. If your opponent goes first and you're just six iron, straight away, your first shot, which should be the easiest, is the easiest. He's with a club that's still not right. And yeah. even if you go first and go with six iron, there's no guarantee you're going to hit the green. So then you're thinking, if you're second, you're going round at seven, I'm going to have to smash it to get there. Inevitably, you lose control and miss the green. And then after that, it's only getting harder. So if you miss your first shot or your second shot, you're going to get a horrendous score. Um, mine's nowhere near as bad as that because that was televised. That was on YouTube, rent the whole world to see when you claim to be really good at golf. What's but, funny, what, the best thing about that, European Tour did a worst 14 club shot challenge videos. I, I, I got in that video twice. Well, remember what we always say, you either want to do really well or really bad because it's content to your side. We don't want you getting two points. What's no, that exactly. about? Pathetic. Um, mine was, you know the golf course, my old one, Grange Park, because yeah. the hell you've played with me. Um, the we, host, play, we only played the front nine. We played there, the front nine, but luckily for you, the story's in the ninth hole. Oh, yeah. Remember, comes back I do, to the I do. Um, the host tournament every year called the Grange Park Rose Bowl, which is quite a big, like, local tournament. There's, like, a ballot of, like, a full handicap or better to get into it. It's only, like, local area. Uh, there's a guy called John Carroll, have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah I played he, with him in yeah, Open Qualifier. He wins every year. In, and I got my hole in Oh, was that you were I played, played with him. Well, he's from Heighton and Prescott. I think he's off, like, plus four. He's, like, class. He's won it probably five, ten times, whatever. And in 2013, I think it was, I got kind of back into my golf. And at this point, Grange Park wasn't my home course, but I'd played it loads of times. I used to be a member of junior. My home course was one called Huffwood in St. Helens. And I got my handicap back. I've been playing loads. I was off, I think, 2.7. So I was off three, but playing really nicely. I went to the Grange Park Rose Bowl, not thinking I was going to win it, but thinking I've got a chance here to do a decent number. Ninth hole, right? Back towards the clubhouse. Back towards the clubhouse. It's a long par four. If you hit a long driving draw, you can be quite like sure. Yeah, it was long. It's about five iron in. And it's obviously, a, it's a 36-hole tourney, and it's very busy as well. And people will walk around and watch, not like hundreds, but quite a lot of members, because they know it's quite a good golf competition, and you get some decent players in there, whatever. Ninth hole, second shot, hit this pull hook. It hit the conservatory, of the, which is out of bounds, obviously, as well. Hit the conservatory, made loads of ratting. Uh, I can't speak again. Rattling. Rattling. No, what I was, a, a racket. There we go. Then I had to drop another one, and essentially the same thing again. Didn't quite hit it, but hit it in that vicinity. I had to go over, and obviously everyone was looking at me like, oh my God, you're going to be a decent player because everyone playing is yeah, a decent yeah. player, and you've done that twice. I then played 18 holes and decided that I was just going to do 18 and not the 36. So I walked off the 18th green back to my car. As I was doing so, a kind of a lad who I was kind of friendly with from my own golf club had come to watch me and walked into the vicinity of the car park to obviously find me and then watch me for my second round. And I just hid and got in the car and went home and left him to find out that I'd gone home. Wow, does he ever know that story? Does no, I don't think he does. Um, <laughs> so that was quite embarrassing, the fact that I was that bad and I'd kind of got hope that I was going to do all right. Uh, um, remember that chip I played against you on that uh, hole? No. I was either one up or we were all square. I think I was one up. And I hit a decent tee shot down the left, then pushed my second shot onto the 10th tee mm-hmm. box. Oh, I do remember this now, because I thought you had you now at this point, yes. I think you'd put it on the green or near the green or something. Anyway, there was a young lad watching who yeah, must be shot. a fan of the channel and this, that, and the other. And I was thinking, oh my God, I've got a tight chip. I couldn't put it too too much of a... So I had to play this tight chip off a tee and absolutely yeah, I do remember that. chip of my lives. Yeah, it was good. Put it that. close and knocked it in for power and beat guy. Yep. Yet, yet to beat me at. No, that's good. That I must have not announced myself on uh, European tour. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> last question I've got here. It's quite a good one, actually. So, it's from somebody whose name I'm not even going to remotely try and um, pronounce, but thanks anyway. Go on, let's have a look. Well, all right then, let's see you do that. Oh, my goodness. That's re- it's really, it looks Italian, I think. Oh, uh, Giuliano, I feel yeah, like it is. Um, but it's start. quite not. But anyway, it's a good question, so thank you. Um, he said, direct to consumer golf clubs example your ben hogan's your haywood sub 70s etc how can a golfer choose the best composition in terms of shaft triangles etc without easy access to a fitter um that was basically the question so a lot of these brands now that are doing direct to consumer like those sticks golf clubs we reviewed a little while ago obviously the massive benefit of these brands is they don't pay tour pros firstly or very well yeah they don't and also as it is direct to consumer there's no middleman to make a profit there's no pro shop there's no retailer so you pay less they still make the normal level of profit. Everyone's a winner. However, going against fitting again, but you can order them fitted in the sense of an inch longer, half an inch longer, upright, flat, whatever, different grip. But if you don't know what you need, how do you order what you need? So what would you say? Yeah, it's tough on it. Because, uh, this is where 
I think there needs to be a service. If there's not one already, where you go for a, a fitting prescription. Mm-hmm. What, my, what I mean by that, you go into a, a fitting facility, say, I'd like to be fitted, please. I will pay for your time. I'll pay £40, £50 for the hour of fitting or whatever it is. All I need off you is what spec would I be? Like, am I an inch longer? Do I need thicker grips? Do I need a different line angle? I don't know how many places do that. Is it a service? I think it's a service. The only thing is, though, if somebody says, right, you need, you need one degree up, right, but then what What's if one the, degree up, right, uh, compared yeah, to so You'd have brand. to know what the brand is that... True. So it's, it's not a bad shout. You'd almost have to say, well, give me a prescription of, of everything. So what's the length of my 7-iron? What's the line of the 7-iron? That's seven a good iron? idea. And then you can get them built to What's that. the grip thickness of this? What's the shaft makeup or the exact shaft or whatever it may be? A lot of times, well, these brands, certainly like I've known that Ben Hogan do it. They do like trial clubs, don't they, as yeah. well? Um, it is a minefield because, like I say, it's not just like picking up, you know, if you pick up a, a second-hand car, as long as you like it, you can just move the seat, move the wind mirrors and move everything around and it's fitted to you. Clubs get built that way, so it's much much harder, definitely. I think the only thing, that doesn't answer his question at all. The only thing I would say is that I would imagine that the kind of person that buys those clubs, and I'll come on to who that person is in a minute, isn't massively that bothered. So what I mean by that is the person that buys those clubs is somebody that wants a brand new set of golf clubs, that wants a kind of fairly well-known name, i.e. Ben Hogan. I know these are the brands Sub-70 are kind of making a name for themselves. But you you know that by doing it that way, you can't get them fitted at a retail. So that's mm. kind of why you know. That's why you're buying them in a weird way, that you're saving the money. So you kind of can't have it both ways. You can't... How long will it be before every brand does that, though? Direct, Direct to consumer. I think you still can with some brands, but you can get them fitted elsewhere. You could go and pay your mm. local pro. But then again, it wouldn't be that... Because if you bought them off Callaway's website, it's still the same prices from your local pro. So there's not really any benefit to... That's almost... You get completely messed up there, don't you? Because you don't get fitted. Yeah. Plus, you're paying the same price. I don't know. I think realistically, and that's what's quite good with sticks, if you're five foot seven to six foot one, you're standard. If you're six foot one, six foot three, you're half an inch longer. Yeah. Now, that isn't... That's perfect, perfect science, no, because obviously it depends on how you come into it, how you actually dynamically hit the golf ball as well. You know, you might come up with very high handle, very low handle, etc., and therefore need flatter or more upright, whatever it might be. But roughly, 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 if you're five foot seven to six foot one in a lot of brands, you're going to be around. You might have massive hands or thin hands, whatever, small hands, whatever. So your grip might be different, but you're not going to be a million miles off. Not at all. You could also, you could do, you could get them and, and, and take them to your local shop, have a little fitting with them, and also you could get them adjusted. Certainly if they're forged, Lionel could get adjusted pretty easily. Yeah. So. It's a minefield. What do you think about golf courses closing? Oh, yeah, there we go. I forgot about that. Um, I think there's a couple of things. I think there's a lot of arguments in the UK that you can go for a walk. So we could go for a walk, not work-related as such, and that's okay in the terms of the rules that you can yeah. walk with somebody from a different household and obviously keep your distance and could stuff. we have our golf clubs on our back well that's the thing you can't so well we could well you yeah you could you can't weird. go to a golf course <laughs> training that's when you know you're serious and you're walking around the block <laughs> training aren't you <laughs> just with your golf clubs on your back yeah but i think the other argument is and I, again i'm not really on either camp here so i'm not really too invested in either one but if you open golf courses are people going to spread it on the golf course? Are people going to social distance on the golf course? Do people just become too lackadaisical with it and like, oh, good putt, mate, and tap each other on the back, etc.? And then also the other argument, which I don't massively think is over the top, but is the fact that people are driving unnecessarily to the golf course. They could crash. That could end up being somebody injured, unfortunately, an extra bed in a hospital that could be used by somebody else. I mean, it's worded you draw the line with that because if you can go to McDonald's for a burger, now it's not essential, is it? No. But you're still driving the car. So I don't know. Is what I'm, long answer to that. I really don't know. I, I've definitely in the last six months, or longer than that, I went to it's like nine months. I've definitely seen under the, the the restrictions that you should be people doing social distancing. People aren't doing that on golf courses. No, that's true. I've seen that being broken. I've seen people sharing buggies that are not from the same household. I've seen people like say high fiving, shaking, congregated around tea boxes when they when they shouldn't be. They should be much further apart. Which is annoying. I think if golf was to open, it, probably backing two balls again potentially would be would be the way to benefit it. Um, I think it's a real shame. I think certainly this time of year with golf courses struggling anyway with obviously freezing memberships or whatever it may be, I do think it's a horrible, horrible time for golf. But hopefully, hopefully by the time spring comes and with last year the influx of new golfers we had into the sport if we can get another influx like that in springtime um moving into the summer then golf courses could potentially still 
you know stri- thrive on this year and could have a better year than, than they've ever seen before mm-hmm. um, it's just hard to predict obviously the future I think the other thing as well is obviously for all everybody listening I'm guessing golf's the concern and the priority and the main sport or whatever but then it's like well is tennis I know fishing's allowed at the minute they've, they've allowed fishing so it's like well if we allow golf then it's like will I play outdoor tennis has that then become allowed and will I want to go swimming in an outdoor pool well has that now become open so it's yeah. probably there has to be a limit I guess obviously I want golf I suppose fundamentally i want golf courses over my own kind of selfishness if you like but i don't know if they should be yeah it's a weird one that's I been feel... a roller coaster by the way that because we've, How gone, the hell we've, have we got 50 we've gone from talking about you having fights yeah to talking saving about life. saving a life to COVID, new drivers to new drivers um that is as good as in to get today i think you're not Take gonna, that. you're not going to get any better bank it come back next week We'll, we'll continue to do our best. The other thing we need to do, though, is we need to remind people to give us a rating on Apple. If you listen on Are Apple... Are we bother about charts anymore? No, but just be nice, be kind. All right, okay. Um, and also, we do need to get back to the usual features of your Listener of the Week. Ah. There's a massive Listener of the Week. The first person to get Listener of the Week back from this big, well, little break is going to go down to a legend. You could become an Ed Brown or Derek Chan. So, you know, email us, podcast at rickshields.com. Tell us why you should be Listener of the Week. We also need some Nightmare Golf Stories. Um, we need some crazy like, goals. Do you like the guest episodes? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. They're I easier. Start. <laughs> well, the harder to get the guests, but they're easier just to do. But I think we should start looking into guests again. Also, what I'd like to know from people is, I know everyone's gonna have different opinions on this. Would the rather guests be like they know kind of every fourth episode, for example, is a guest, or is it like the randomness of next week? It could be a guest. It could just be me and you. I like the randomness personally. I do. The only thing is the guest episodes are quite different to this. So we've yeah. had like two guests that we did with MKBHD and Robbie Williams in a row. It was really good and people loved them. But people that like this style more, it might be missing out. So I don't know. If Email you us. could have a guest on your wish list, who would it be? Um, I've got one. Let's go one ridiculous and then one realistic. Because then it's obviously it'd be Tiger. If we could have anybody. But that's pointless even saying Tiger, isn't it? Um, when you go first, while you're ready. Will Smith. Yeah. But again, that feels borderline ridiculous. It could happen. Who but, knows? Um, I'd like Will Smith and... It's a long pause. <laughs> I don't know who else I want. I'd quite like... Golfers-wise, I'd quite like Tommy. Yeah. I'd quite like Finno, his caddy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's mentioned about doing one. Yeah, Finno. I'm not sure if we all understand him. See his scouse yeah. and scouse. Um... Who else would I like on the podcast? Um, a Butch Hardman or a no? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not. Not again. Obviously, I don't know. <laughs> I want. Pe- I think the people like tubes where they're kind of golfy, but not too golfy. Are good. I quite like. Um, you made a master list, didn't you, of all these guests? Oh yeah. Let me find my master list. So Rick made a list of people who wants to have on the podcast. It started off like Barack Obama, Tiger Woods. Oh God, yeah. Where's that gone? Right, podcast. Li- oh, that's not it. Where is it? No, it's not. Um, I'm not sure if we just should do presidents, though. But it's very well, controversial, no, it's isn't it? Involved in all that, but... <laughs> um, do you know that Boris Johnson once used, used one of my clubs? So when what? I worked when I worked for Nike, I did an event at London Bridge, well Tower Bridge, so to say, where Nike were kind of showing off the new clubs. It was a bit weird. And when Boris Johnson was mayor of London, he um, went onto the middle of like the water with with Rory, who was also there, which makes it even weirder. And these are the club for him. Um, so I got asked to obviously give one of my demo bags to him, and he hit a shot. He attempted to hit a shot with one of my clubs. Do you want to find a picture? This is so weird. I've can't remember this before. What the he was hell? there. It is. That that's not me. That's that's I took the picture. That's uh, my demo bag. Boris Johnson and Rory McIlroy. It swings off. <laughs> it was so bad. Here's my list. Tiger, Bryson, Michelle Wee, Michael Jordan, Will Smith, Justin Timberlake, yep. Lewis Hamilton, I put Barack Obama, Christ. David Beckham, Prince William. And yeah, I think none of them are realistic. <laughs> Prince William. Let's get Matt Fryer back on. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week and have a good one. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.